All right. Greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome back to the Golf Guide Podcast. Uh, Kyle Serlo here, and uh, very excited to bring you guys uh, the first episode of what we are calling the Year of the Comeback on the Golf Guide Podcast. We're getting back to doing this thing quite regularly, which I am very excited about. Been missing uh, doing the pod on a more regular basis, and uh, we're back. I've got a podcast here tonight. I've got another great one scheduled uh, for Monday morning that I'm also really excited about, and uh, and every week there uh, thereafter. So uh, before we jump into this week's episode, I wanted to let you guys know that uh, this episode is proudly presented to you by none other than Suave Golf. Uh, Suave Golf is, like Golf Guide, an enterprise uh, run by yours truly, um, where basically... I try to take all of the headache of planning a golf trip for you and your buddies away where I, I, I use my obsession of golf travel and, you know, my, my knowledge or lack thereof of great golf across the West Coast, the United States and beyond to plan out what I consider to be really, really fun golf trips, just like I would if it was just me and a couple of buddies. But instead of doing it for a group of four or a group of eight, we book it for 36, for 48, for 72, whatever it might be, and then we make it available for you and your friends to come and join in and go on a super awesome golf trip that you don't have to plan, that you could just sign up for with your buddies and bam, you make it happen. Um, and so I want to let you guys know that we're right up on the deadline, but I do have four spots remaining for the Bandon Spring Jamboree. That's right. I, along with dozens of other uh, golf junkies, sickos, if you will, are heading to Bandon Dunes on St. Paddy's Day uh, of 2022. We are all going to be convening up in Bandon Dunes on the Wednesday of St. Patrick's Week and then playing golf Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday together. Lots of meals, unbelievably cool tea prizes. That's the other thing. When I do a golf trip, uh, especially when Suave Golf does a golf trip more specifically, they have the most awesome, and again, I'm a little biased considering I'm the one that's putting it all together, but... I make special limited edition tea prizes that are really, really nice. And I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm I'm not trying to exaggerate. I mean, I'm just going to be, I'm, I'm going to be coy with you guys. They're fucking nice. I mean, we put together awesome limited edition tea prizes specific to the destinations that we're visiting um, that are really, really well done. And I'm always super excited to share the tea prizes uh, with everybody. This past, uh, for the Suave Cup back in November, I had some really nice Link Soul jackets made with a custom embroidery. Uh, for our specific trip, for everybody that came on the trip, the winning team of the Suave Cup got some really great all-leather drawstring bags for their tees and things like that that we had made by the Winston Collection. That's the kind of stuff that we have made for every single one of Suave Golf's trips. So if you have any interest or ability to join me and a bunch of sickos up at Bandon Dunes this March, visit suavegolf.com. That's S-U-A-V-E golf.com. Click on the sabbaticals link because we don't just go on golf trips. We take golf sabbaticals we, because we don't just need it for us. We need it for our souls, all right? And so visit suavegolf.com. Click on the sabbaticals. The only one listed there that we have is Bandon this March, but we have a few more that are going to be added to the calendar both for 2022 and then we've got some really cool stuff in the works for 2023 uh, things might include some places like Sand Valley, along with some other great Wisconsin golf. We may be going to Pinehurst and a few other things. So be sure to keep your eyes out for that. Very exciting stuff coming down the sabbatical suave pipeline, if you will. And so with that, everybody, let's get to the podcast. We're going to start off with a bit of disconcerting news regarding the California 
legislature uh, and for a bill they're trying to pass that's basically going to really cripple municipal golf across the state of California. And I have none other than my dad sitting in the office to join me uh, for that interview, which takes a few minutes. So, And then after that, we'll get to a couple other topics before we wrap this podcast up. But for now, please enjoy this episode of the Golf Guide Podcast. Okay, we are back, uh, and I'm so delighted to have this guest on uh, for this portion of the podcast. Um, he's not really the pod father, he's just the father of the podcast host. Uh, Dad, Rick Serlo, this is maybe the first time you've been on the podcast since we did our uh, Sylvie's Valley Ranch recap on site back in late 2018? 18 or 19, yes, it has been uh, more than a year or two. It's a very long time. Was it 19? I, I'm, I get I get those years all confused. I'm always confused. My life before parenthood, it all just seems like a fantastic, wonderful dream. <laughs> just imagine after you've had 33 years of parenthood. Oh, okay. boy. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, Dad, I, I got to say, I first of all, I'm very excited to have you on the podcast right now. And also, I think the last time we did this together... Some people were a little freaked out because they thought I was talking to myself, and I didn't realize how similar you and I sound when we talk. <laughs> Until a lot of people pointed that out after our last podcast, so hopefully we're not going to be giving people any kind of psychosis here with this podcast. I'll do my best not to, but that uh, that kind of blows my mind that we sound alike. But um, I I don't I don't hear I, it, I don't see it, but uh, it was said last time. I, I have been told by uh, numerous folks over the years, so it may it may well be. It is what it is. Well, I wish there were a more joyous occasion for you jumping back on the podcast here. But uh, I needed somebody to talk to about this very troubling bill that looks like it is advancing in the California Assembly. Um, this is something that we've mentioned on the podcast before. Uh, Assembly Bill 672 here in California, where essentially it would basically be a blanket rezoning of every municipal golf course in California. Um, keep in mind, municipal golf courses in California, that is 22% of all golf courses in the state, and those 22 golf courses in California uh, account for 45% of the total rounds played in the entire state of California. So we're talking about over 200 golf facilities throughout the state, and I couldn't even tell you how many millions of rounds of golf. And there has been a movement. I mean, California obviously has got a housing shortage um, they need more affordable housing. They need more housing, more green spaces in general in a lot of communities. But uh, an issue that we've talked about on this podcast and a lot of people have written about in other places is that this bill specifically targets golf courses. No other open spaces. There's no soccer fields. There's no baseball, softball. I mean, golf courses only are the places that are threatening to get rezoned and shut down. And unfortunately, a meeting happened today, January 12th, 2022, it was rushed back. It was voted down previously. And then, uh, let me see, California, um, I think State Assemblymember Christina Garcia from the state's 58th district uh, had a big hand in getting it back on. And apparently, it passed the Department of Housing and Community Development and a variety of local government committees today, um, which is incredibly troubling. Um, I know you and I both oppose this vehemently you know for for a number of reasons but before we get into the you know the, the minutiae and some more details of this i kind of just wanted to get your 
general kind of overall thoughts on everything and why, why do you think something like this could possibly be allowed to happen in a state that kind of prioritizes having good recreational options as much as California does? And by the way, everybody, don't worry. That's just uh, that's just my guest uh, being summoned by his wife. So he'll, he'll, he'll get back to her later. But uh, Pop, yeah, I mean, what, what, what's your general thoughts on this? It, you know, it is really troubling. And, and clearly, I guess my guess is there's a, clearly some motive for profit for some entities that are inspiring and uh, really moving these troubling uh, things through our legislation to try to, I mean, housing is, is definitely wanted and needed here. However, yes. taking parks, parkland space, areas of recreation like golf courses is not the right play no. under any circumstances at all. Um, it's not that there's not other, other types of properties that could be used for housing, um, but you know, clearly there just seems to be some kind of nefarious uh, motive here on some parties that unfortunately are not being revealed as is the case in so many. So what we should be doing, you know, I mean, not that I really have access to this, but you know, according to what I was reading today, uh, a, a number of different, uh, California politicians, uh, the four that I keep seeing mentioned repeatedly are Christina Garcia, Sharon Quirksilva, Buffy Wicks. And Cecilia Aguiar-Curry. I apologize if I've mispronounced any of those names. Um, but we, we basically, we should be looking at who their donors are and which developers of low-income housing are helping fund their campaigns and, and are basically lining their pockets. The, 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 I would say that there are likely uh, folks that are, in fact, inspiring their actions because clearly it's not from a, a fact base. I mean, recreation facilities are really important for communities. Extremely important. I mean, it's 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 one thing to have a shortage of housing, which I think we can say it, most communities in California do not have enough housing, right? You live in a state where the weather is better than it is in pretty much anywhere else in the country. So that means people want to live there, you know, politics aside, and there's just not enough housing. Do you want to decrease the quality of life for all the people that live there in order to create more housing and therefore make it a less desirable place to live, which in turn may affect the desire or demand for housing. It's, it seems like a brutally cyclical and incorrect way to approach something like this. You know, it it is a crazy thing. I know a a number of years ago I was on the board of community services in Santa Rosa which uh, basically advised on all the parklands in Santa Rosa. And I had no idea until I was on this committee that there are over 60 parks in this little city of Santa Rosa. Yep. There's only one, which happens to be a golf course, that was revenue generating and positive revenue generating for the city year in, year out for decades. So, you know, golf is not only a, you know, a resource and a recreational resource for community members, but it's a vital part of the community. And makes a huge difference and, you know, allows people to enjoy living in communities more so than not. So um, there's a lot of other options for housing. I know here in Santa Rosa, you know, frankly, I'm I'm a proponent where we should be building houses closer and denser in the downtown area and should be building up, frankly, rather than uh, utilize more landmass for houses and paving more land, which uh, doesn't help the environment at all. Right. Yeah, and you know that that's probably something that you could say with a lot of you know communities. I mean, outside of Los Angeles and San Francisco, and you know the the biggest you know metropolitan areas in California, um, I, I think that would be the case. And honestly, there's only a handful of these you know 200 plus municipal golf courses 
that are now being threatened uh, to be closed down and replaced with housing, um, the majority of those aren't in the metropolitan areas. They're in communities like Santa Rosa, you know, like where for, you know, we've talked about Bennett Valley Golf Course at nauseum on this podcast. I mean, this is a podcast that covers golf all over the West Coast, and yet this one municipal golf course, because of its place in my heart, uh, you know, does get discussed a lot. But again, this is a community of 200,000 people, has one municipal golf course. If that municipal golf course were to go away, there would no longer be a place for people to recreate and play golf together that would be affordable. And that is pretty wild. And not only, I have the same part that I did before, it's a quality of life thing. I mean, for them to target golf courses specifically and, you know, and not include soccer fields or anything like that, that is so ageist because the golf is one of the few outdoor recreation, you know, options for a lot of people that are over the age of, you know, 45 and 50. Do you, you don't see a lot of 65 year olds going out to play soccer at the soccer fields, do you? There's not that. I mean, there are a few. There's a but few, not, but not too many. But the golf course is the one place where you actually have people from Every age demographic, from six years old to 90 years old, all going out to use the same recreational space. And golf is the only place that is that inclusive that you see that on a regular basis. And for whatever reason, I don't understand why these people decided that that's the one thing that we're going to fuck up and mess with in order to score some brownie points with all the people that are screaming for more housing, which, again, are justified. It's just a, it just seems like a back-ass words way. To go to go about this, yeah, it's uh, it's a sad thing that uh, golf courses appear to be the low hanging fruit in this uh, in this argument, yeah. and uh, you know it's something that you know we just need to speak up about and and really take actions and make sure that uh, people kind of put things in perspective. You know, if we have elected officials that are involved with these kinds of things that, or that are not yet involved, hey, it's up to us to speak out and and express what our wishes are. Mm-hmm. And if they are oppose that, then we probably should make sure that uh, they don't get elected again. Yeah. I mean, you know, elections are kind of a big topic these days, uh, not only in this country, but around the world. And it's an important thing to be able to have a voice. And that's kind of one of the things that makes uh, living in this country really quite special. And uh, it'd be a, a travesty for that voice to be uh, dampened any further. Mm-hmm. You know, I... um. As people that follow Golf Guide or various other properties on social media have found that uh, it's been a little quiet there. I've been, I've, I've sort of, especially since uh, your grandson was born, uh, I've been spending less and less time on social media than ever before. And I found that it's really, it's correlated with my personal happiness. The less time I spend on social media, the happier I usually tend to be. But in order to find more information about uh, what happened in, you know, the the assembly meeting today, because there wasn't any news articles that have been published, and I was on Twitter looking for information about this was when I discovered that, you know, this AB 672 had passed, uh, you know, the housing community develop, you know, department, uh, you know, hearing and stuff like that. And in scrolling through Twitter, you know, the, the thing I kept, you know, seeing over and over and over and over again is like, well, what's that? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. The rich white guy is going to get his playground taken away. Oh, sorry. I, or, or, is it bad that we're, you know, disturbing the rich white man? Again, just rich white man or rich white men are three three words that were used in, I would say, 70% of the tweets when I looked up the topic of AB672 on, on, on Twitter. And I have, I don't know if I've ever responded to anybody on Twitter in my life, 
But I did feel compelled to write down that all these rich white men that you're referring to, while many of them do certainly love golf, if you're targeting cities' municipal golf courses, I hate to break it to you, but they're not going to be affected. Because <laughs> all these rich white guys that you have you know, pictured in your head that are playing this golf course, that are depriving their communities of space to build affordable housing, they're all playing at the country club. The people that you're going to affect that aren't going to be able to play golf anymore are all that city's blue-collar workers, people that are retired, that are living on a fixed income, that are trying to find an affordable place to go golf, meet up with friends, get some exercise and some fresh air. Those are the people that are getting screwed by something like this. And for a, a state that really emphasizes you know happiness and quality of life, um, as a lot of people in California do, that's exactly what they're taking away is a, is, is a, a certain quality of life for the residents of these communities by threatening to take away, you know, these green grass spaces. And that is just, it's sickening to me. It, it's a horrible thing. And it's, uh, you know, it's, it's malign thought that, uh, you know, is clearly it, 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 there, there's some greedy motivation there somewhere. And I don't know the specifics of it, but it's, it's just flat out wrong. Well, it, it's funny because you, you know, when I mentioned something like this, you know, before we started recording, you made a really good point that, hey, if they want to generate money to be able to build affordable housing and things like that, and they're very mad that these quote unquote rich white men uh, are, you know, ruining everything, what, wouldn't it make a lot more sense to just start, you know, charging property tax on private country clubs? It makes a whole lot of sense. It reminds me of a, of a <laughs> podcast that I heard a couple a couple of years ago by Malcolm Gladwell. Yes, I, uh, I listen to the same thing as well. Which Malcolm Gladwell not pro golf, but did make some pretty decent points. He made some great points, but and for me, golf courses are really more like religious institutions. I mean, to me, it's a, amen, it's a brother. Sanctuary. It's a sanctuary. Hey, fucking men. However, I don't really understand the logic as to why a private golf course or a club, nor a church or a religious institution does not pay property taxes. I, I don't quite understand the correlation there, um, why they get exceptions. And to me, that would make way more sense to be able to, you know, generate fund, income. Actually fund these different like housing projects they want to be able to do yeah. while also not removing the quality of life for the majority of the citizens in any given community. That is very correct because uh, I know in my neighborhood here in uh, downtown Santa Rosa where my office is located, uh, the church is a significant landowner and has been acquiring more and more property here. And for them to be able to have uh, exemptions from hey, paying if you don't got to pay taxes, property tax, why wouldn't you want to build up that real estate portfolio? <laughs> yes, there might be some relationship here, but uh, taking away you know municipal golf courses, um, which I think are incredibly important for any community that's fortunate enough to have them, is uh, is just horrible. Yeah, well said. I, I don't know. I, at this point, I know that a lot of people, you know, um, we probably should have, you know, come on and done the pod last week telling people to reach out to uh, your your state assembly person or or whatnot. To, you know, but I have a feeling that the, the, the four politicians that I'd mentioned earlier, you know, Christina, Sharon, Buffy and Cecilia, they strike me as the type of people that no matter how much logic and reason uh, that you would provide them with, you know, whether it be writing in emails or putting in phone calls to their offices. The, these these folks seem pretty determined to that golf is a nexus of evil and its elimination from the municipal services provided to a community is the only thing standing between them and kind of a, uh, what's it, what's it? Uh, 
my brain has been working at Haspy lately. What what is a a society a perfect society called? Uh, something an oasis? Uh, no, it's a uh, you know what? But people are always dreaming uh, a utopia. A utopia. I'm okay. sorry. Well, it was really tough. I really botched that execution of that little monologue. I was just but essentially, that getting rid of municipal golf is the only thing standing in their way of creating a perfect utopia, and they're wrong. Clearly, they're wrong, and uh, you know, even though it, it may not affect everybody's public representatives, it's probably would be a good idea, especially for us golfers, to make a point in speaking to our local assembly people and people that represent us in government, absolutely, and let them know where you stand about this kind of an issue and how important golf courses are to the well-being especially of a community, especially municipal golf courses, almost more so than any other type of golf course. Very true. Very true. So, yeah. Anyway, it's very um, disheartening. I, I I hate news like this. And it's not often we have really sad news on the podcast, but this this is one of those where it's kind of like we need to we need to kick into gear and, and find a way to make sure this doesn't uh, make sure this doesn't happen. Well, it's not that in the news, uh, the topic of representative government has not been uh, on the forefront, you might say. And this is just an example of uh, where it hits many of us, uh, you know, addicted golfers. Uh, in the in the wrong spot, but uh, it's up to us to be vocal about this. You know, we got to talk about it. We have to let people know that we elect that uh, these things are important to us. Otherwise, we really you know can't expect them to behave differently. Well said. And that is your lesson in democracy for this episode of the podcast, everybody. Um, I was to say, Ricky, in, in in the world of golf, Dad, is is there anything else? How, how, how's your golf game right now? Well, let's see if the uh, if where the index goes if it's uh, it's been rising in the last uh, month or so. So I perhaps not so great, uh, but I do have those pearls of good rounds, which uh, you know leads me to believe that perhaps I'm better than I am. But unfortunately, I you know the next time out, I you know I tend to get those doubles and triples way more frequently than I, I care to. But it's hey, I'm still enjoying myself immensely. So sure, you know the score is not indicative in terms of how much I enjoy it because I'm still getting out there and playing two or three times a week in in spite of the wet weather but it's the dream you know it's two to three actually seems kind of low for you are you are you feeling okay it's a little low but it it has been kind of wet and you know it's uh I got some work to do too and trying to navigate uh, people that are not so well around me with colds and things like that that seem to be coming back yeah this has been a (laughs) touch on the uh on 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 just a health front as a country, this has been a an arduous last couple of weeks here. It's it's uh, nationwide, know, it's, worldwide. Yeah, I mean, fortunately, nobody really nearby that I know of has has contracted COVID. But colds and flus and things of that nature seem to be uh, on on the return. Unfortunately, I mean, in that first year of the pandemic, when we were all isolated, I was just it was remarkable because I never got sick, I never had a cold. Like you know, it was just like. Wow, maybe, maybe nice. staying away from people is not so bad. Not the worst thing, right? You know, especially at golf courses are a great way to socially distance. Yeah. You don't want to get too close to anybody swinging a golf club if you cherish your head. Yes, yes, very, very wise. Well, that's good. Hey, at least you're playing two, three days a week. I mean, shit. How often do you try to ask me if I'm going to go play in men's club out at, uh, at a bodega? And uh, it's been months since I've played my home course. That's it, It's true, but I, I don't have a nine-month yeah, I don't. Little, I don't really little, get a chance to ask you. When, when I was nine months old, how much golf were you playing? I wasn't playing that much. I mean, I really wasn't. I as really, little as me. 
way, way less. Cause I, I didn't really get my golf addiction going until shortly after you were born. But you know, that really represented if I got out to play nine holes a week, that was a lot back then. Shit. That'd be a lot for me right now. Yeah. It would be a lot for you. <laughs> oh, shucks. I don't know. This is uh, yeah. Well, I'll play more as, as, as your grandson gets older. I will play more and more golf. It'll be it'll be good. Hopefully, we'll all play golf together, all three of us. Well, that that is part of the agenda. That's no. that's my plans as well. That'd be nice. Yeah, thank you. Awesome. Well, uh, Pop, do you, do you have anything else that you want to touch on to, for all our wonderful guests who only get to hear you? You know, every every few years. You know, I'm I'm gonna change this. This is this is this is the year of the comeback on the Golf Guide podcast. This is where we are going to be back. You know, back to full form as we have in years past. Where we come with a with a podcast, you know, at, at, at very regular weekly intervals, and I will not wait several years before you come back on the podcast. We'll, we'll have you back this year, but do you have anything, uh, any parting words you want to give to the listeners out there? Uh, you know, there's just one thing I'm just reminded of, and that is that generational golf sharing. Um, I know that on the trip that we have planned in a couple months up to Bandon, mm-hmm. um, one of the, I'm very very excited that we're going to have a family with three generations uh, of golfers. You know, so pretty damn awesome. my buddy Terry is bringing his two of his sons and one of his grandsons on this particular journey. And I can't I can't say how wonderful it is. I know some of my fondest memories are playing golf with my kids and my folks when they were still alive. And all of a sudden, these three generations got to participate and engage in an activity together that was special for everybody. I mean, yeah. I know my folks just nothing more than they love that uh, being around the grandkids. So uh, it's a very cool thing. It's a great thing, family time to spend with one another, and uh, we should all try to do it more often. I, I totally agree. Um, yeah, man, isn't that, isn't that awesome? Like, you know, a sport where you can have three generations of a family all playing together and, you know, where nobody necessarily has to slow down or, or play differently in order to accommodate – it's almost like there should be more golf courses, and they shouldn't be shutting them down right now. You know, that, that's kind of my thought. I mean, more the better. Um, frankly, I think they're uh, they're outstanding resources because, uh, you know, I mean, it's really – I'm not a big – I don't like working out. I, I'm not a big fan of gyms and stuff like that. Uh, it's kind of boring. I've always been kind of a gamer. But I tell you, walking 25, 30 miles a week uh, has kind of kept my old body in, in somewhat reasonable shape. You know, I don't have a big paunch and – uh, I feel pretty good and feel like I can do anything, probably more than I could. But uh, you know, that's that's my mindset. You, you know, for uh, you know, compared to your peers, uh, age-wise, you know, I'm not just trying to you know, I'm not trying to pay you too many compliments here, but like, you look good, pal. Don't tell your wife; she'll disagree, but you look good. Thank you, yeah. thank you, appreciate that. You're very welcome, Pop. It's great to have you on here. Thank you very much for sticking around for uh, a little bit of uh, extra time here to help me with this. And uh, until next time. Great to be here. Thanks, Kyle. All right. Thanks, Bob. We'll be right back. Before we jump back into the podcast, I wanted to take a quick moment to let you guys know about Hot Drops. That's right. Hot Drops is the finest boutique handmade hot sauce that you can find anywhere. And I'm not just talking about in California or on the West Coast. I'm talking about anywhere in the world. Yo, some people, you know, when they make hot sauce, they're just, you know... Mixing a bunch of ingredients together, adding some vinegar, and they call it hot sauce. No, no. You want fermented hot sauce goodness, and that's what hot drops give you. In fact, hot drops, it's the kind of stuff that doesn't melt your mind, but it warms your soul. That's right, everybody. Hot sauce to warm the soul. Visit hotdropsauce.com 
and get yeeted. Get hot dropped today. All right, everybody. We're here to rock and roll. Uh, just a couple quick items here uh, before we go. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I wish I would have watched more of the Century Tournament of Champions this past weekend. I didn't really watch any of it, but uh, I do like it when a nice mulleted man finds success uh, in the world of professional golf. So good on you, Cam Smith. Um, I also saw that uh, it looks like earlier today the Golf Channel's Tim Rosaforte uh, has passed away, unfortunately, after a battle with Alzheimer's. Um, you know, I heard somebody else making this point, and I agree. Like, I, I feel bad that I don't have more to share on this because, admittedly, for someone that loves golf like I do, I never, ever watch the Golf Channel. Like, I, <laughs> I have it at my house, and I don't know. I just the Golf Channel does absolutely nothing for me. So I, I, I don't mean to take. Uh, Mr. Rosaforte's passing as a, as a way to tell everybody that I don't watch TV and, you know, I'm some sort of a hipster. It's not the case. It's just, uh, yeah, I, I, I just don't really have any Tim Rosaforte stories for you because I just never watched the Golf Channel. But I know that he was very beloved by seemingly every corner of golf media. Um, and so, you know, when a titan of the industry uh, um, passes away, all, you got to do, got to, got to make sure you acknowledge that the man had a fantastic career and that uh, almost more importantly was beloved by his peers. Um, So uh, rest in peace, Tim Rosaforte. Uh, Another little small tidbit of news that I thought was kind of interesting is that Tom Watson is going to be joining Jack Nicklaus and everyone's favorite Gary Player uh, to hit the ceremonial tee shot at this year's Masters Tournament. And I don't know why, because I wasn't really alive for any of Tom Watson's Masters wins, just the same as I wasn't for Nicholas or Player, but Tom Watson seems way too young to be in that group. Tom Watson almost won a major, like, after the year 2000. <laughs> you know, like, I, I don't know why. It just seemed really weird uh, seeing Tom Watson be on that list of guys to hit a ceremonial tee shot, because I feel like Tom Watson could still go out and rake. Like, could absolutely rake if he wanted to. Um but that'll be interesting. It'll be, it'll be fun to see Tom Watson around Augusta National. Um, certainly, in my opinion, one of my favorite old guys from before my my time uh, that I enjoy going back and like watching you know old videos of. Tom Watson's just the man is just a G. Um, all right, I wanted to end this podcast on a couple of development notes. Um, you know me, I, I I love golf architecture. I love the the business of golf course development almost as much, if not more so. Um, and so I thought it was uh, interesting to learn earlier today that uh, Cabot, um, the partnership of Ben, Cow- oh man, I can't, I'm, I'm blanking out on his name uh, right now. But the gentleman that co-founded the the Cabot kind of corporation with Mike Kaiser, the principal is Ben Cowendor Duars. Again, Ben, if you're listening to this podcast, which I know you're not, I apologize for butchering your last name. Um, but it looks like they are going to be acquiring World Woods, a 36 hole complex north of Tampa Bay, Florida, um, that many people uh, have referred to as one of the most under-the-radar, sneaky, great places to play golf in all of Florida. And say what you will, I don't love Florida. I don't love Florida golf. Um, But people who I trust have great things to say about Worldwoods. Two Tom Fazio 18-hole golf courses. And Cabot has purchased this, and they are going to come in and renovate it and turn it into, you know, a 36-hole, potentially plus, um, golf resort destination that is run by the people of Cabot. So if you have been to Cabot, right, and you, you know, that's the kind of thing that I think they're expecting to build 
uh, or, or convert World Woods into, which I think is super exciting. Anytime there are more golf resorts that get me jazzed to go and visit somewhere that I otherwise would never travel to, um, I love it. And you know, you heard me, you know, pitch Suave Golf at the top of the the podcast. Well, you can bet your ass that if this place at World Woods turns out to be as good as I'm anticipating it is when you combine the track record of the people at Cabot with the already great uh, and, and you know highly regarded World Woods complex, uh, I can tell you right now that in a few years' time, there is going to be a Suave Golf Trip where over the course of four or five days, a lot of people are going to be going and playing World Woods and Streamsong. Uh, and there's going to be a lot of good golf to be had, and I am very excited to plan that trip and to hopefully have a lot of the people listening to this very podcast joining me on said trip. So uh, some interesting news there. And then the last thing I wanted to touch on, staying in the world of Mike Kaiser. Um, so as of right now, I'm, I'm doing final editorial stuff. We're getting ready to publish um, the 2022 edition of Pacific Coast Golf Guide magazine. And every year for that magazine, I... I put together a kind of little report on all the different golf projects that I uh, am allowed to share information about that are either under construction or in the planning phases or, you know, anytime there's a new golf course or a golf course being totally redone, uh, I want to make sure that I can share that with our readers to let them know about the new and cool different golf opportunities that are going to be available on the West Coast. And when I was doing a little research on the Vandenberg Dunes project uh, that we mentioned on this podcast uh, at some point last year, and for those of you that are not familiar, um, there is a developer called the Larkin Group. They're based out of Florida, and they are in negotiations to secure a long-term lease for 1,300 acres of land at the Vandenberg Air, Air Force Base, but I think it's actually... Uh, now the Space Force, a Space Force base, excuse me. And with these 1,300 acres that they're going to be taking out a long-term lease on, the pl- the initial plan, I don't know if this is still the case, I was having some trouble finding um, some information online and I haven't had my phone calls returned yet, but the initial plan was to have as many as five, five 18-hole golf courses built in these what appear to kind of be sandy soil dunes uh, with views of the Pacific Ocean in Santa Barbara County, which it almost seems too good to be true. That, that the idea of building golf on the coast in California in 2022 seems impossible, but they seem like they've got the pieces in place where, you know, this is information they have available on their website. Uh, this is a reputable group that built the uh, golf course for the Rio Olympics in 2016. Uh, they've worked with Gil Hans, uh, Gil Hans, Gil Hans. My pronunciation today is out the window. Um, but yeah, so this this Vandenberg Dunes uh, project is still going. And when I, in some of my research, they said that Mike Kaiser is involved. Uh, they didn't give any specifics other than he is involved in the project. And that got my mind racing. I have no idea what to make of this. I haven't heard this from anywhere else. But this was just readily available right there on their website. And so I thought that was worth noting because... How crazy would it be if you had a golf resort on the scale of abandoned dunes in Southern California? Now, I, I've seen photographs of the property uh, where they would potentially be building this Vandenberg Dunes project. And let's just be honest. 
it, it's never going to be even close to Bandon Dunes in terms of the the views, the land that it sits on. Right? It's just, it's just not it's just not as spectacular as what they have up at Bandon Dunes. But if you build a resort that scales like it, three, four, five, pretty exceptionally, you know, exceptional golf courses designed by guys like Gil Hands or Doak or a, you know, a Core Crenshaw, whatever it may be. Uh, and if Mike Kaiser is involved, you can be sure that they're they're not going to be hiring a bunch of a bunch of simps to come in and design these golf courses. Um, to have something like that available in Southern California, with the tens of millions of people that live within a few hours drive of that, would be wild. So I am going to be paying close attention to this anytime I get an update regarding Vandenberg Dunes. You can bet your sweet honey that I'm going to be here on this podcast with more updates for you. So. More information to come, but I thought that was really fascinating and certainly uh, worth sharing here on the podcast. So with that, everybody, I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your week. Uh, do not forget to reach out to your state assemblyman if you're here in California and make sure you let them know that Assembly Bill 672 is a crock of shit. All right. Maybe maybe in more polite terms, but uh, yeah, very lame, terrible stuff. And uh, I hope we can get this all resolved and, and save municipal golf in the most populated state in the country. All right, everybody, on that note, on that cheery note, you guys have a great rest of your week. Have a wonderful weekend, and I'll be back with you guys next week. And until then, adios.